Hello and welcome to Big Bandit Gaming. I'm your host, Troy, and today we have Josh. Hello. Isaiah. Hi. <laughs> so, the, the enthusiasm killed me. <laughs> we forgot right. how to do this. And I'm very sleepy. Oh. Hello, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, just to fill you guys in, I, I'm still good. It's still, like, light outside where I'm at. It's, like, almost midnight there. Not really, but it no, will be. Oh, not midnight. It will be. By the time, by the we're, time done. we're done, <laughs> yep. By the time we're we're done dusting off these mics and talking about our games, yes, it may just be. Okay. <laughs> Josh is gonna bow out now. He's like, "Well, that was good." <laughs> Can I just go see my games yeah. real quick? Yeah. <laughs> Say good night. I'm out of here. <laughs> I leave my list with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <I> gotta go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hey, we're back. It's it's good. It's good to hear everyone. Uh, uh, we were talking before. Everyone's been busy. We're like, yeah, we've kind of played these games. We have played these games. I think Josh, you've, you've been able to play your games. I've played so um, many games. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you're really carrying this podcast. Please don't go. Please don't go. I'll try not to carry on too long. Yeah, but uh, so at the beginning of the show, we're going to be just talking about games we're playing, uh, other stuff like that, and then our second part here will be our most wanted sequels. So yeah. uh, I do not know what your guys' lists are, so I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. What you picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can even try and guess each other's, but eh, I don't know. There's a lot of games; they probably wouldn't work. But yeah, I think I know. I know one. <laughs> I'm <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, we'll say we'll save it. Okay. So let's just let's just jump in here. Uh, Josh, uh, oh. I want to know what you what what are you really itching to talk about? What what's um, on your mind? I guess we can start with what I have played. I don't think anyone else has. Um, Baldur's Gate 3. It's what I've been playing most recently. Oh, that's the one I want to play. Uh, yeah, I, I w- I've been super excited for it and everything. And I finally, like, dove into it and, like, I've been committing most of my time to playing this game. It, I told Colton, I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, focus on Starfield. <laughs> this game, it's so big and meaty that it doesn't matter when you get to it. You're going to there's 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 so much there that anyone's going to be able to sink their teeth into something in the game to really love. Like, I don't know. What do, what do you guys know about it? It's 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 a large role playing game. Are any of you interested in playing besides Colton? So I've played uh, maybe about three or four hours. So, oh, OK, so they, OK, you just didn't. Yeah. Put it on your. Yeah, I didn't put on my list just because, like, like you said, the See, game is so massive and everything. Yeah. Like three hours might as well just be like I haven't even got out of the tutorial. Sure, area. you know what I mean. Yeah, um, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> the one takeaway I had is, yeah, like it's crazy. It's crazy that it exists and it gives you so many options and so many different ways to go about something that, like, half the time you're like, what if I just like said no to this character? Like, this seems like a main character, you know. Like a lot of those options. Yeah, um, the game has so many systems going on that I struggle to think of an intelligent way to talk about it <laughs> because the game makes me feel so stupid. Because I mean, yeah, th- there's so many other games you play, right? You think, oh, I know how this system works. I know like what's coming next if I make this choice. Or most you games, you like, you know, it's point and shoot and move on to the next level or whatever. And this game just has so many le- layers of like. Oh, if I get this one specific like 
unique item in this in this one specific side area it could affect the rest of my playthrough and i think that is really hard for most people at least me to wrap my head around yeah and and you know it is a a dungeons dragons game and i think this is one of the few studios that was able to like success successfully convert like what it'd be like to play like you know uh uh, you know, an on paper round of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, but in digital form. Yeah. Because uh, Larian, they're like a studio that their last uh, games, I, was it not Pillars of Eternity? It was um, um, Divinity. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Original Sin. Yeah. Yes. And those games are like super highly lauded uh, for what they did, like character and, and your mm-hmm. choices and stuff. So they were like the perfect studio for this. And yeah, it's kind of crazy that all you can do and your choices and your options. But one thing I did run into, Josh, and I'm sure you have too, because you're playing on PS5, right? Yes. The the UI, especially like in the battles and like inventory and stuff, is really hard to navigate around. I um, agree with the inventory specifically. I think I I could kind of get used to the battle system. It, it it lets you customize it a little bit, but it is a radial menu. Um, so everything comes up with in like a circle and you kind of have to point with your analog stick to choose things. That's a little annoying. Um, but you, you can choose like, Oh, I'm going to put all, all of my like combat spells over here or all of my out of combat spells over here. And it makes it a little bit, a little bit more manageable, but yeah, watching people playing it on the PC, I'm like, Ooh, that would be so much easier. And that is the reason I kind of, I've kind of backed off of it is just like, well, sure. I probably want to play this on a PC or wait till they put like mouse and keyboard support on mm-hmm. PS5 because that would be really nice. Do that. Yeah. But I do think because the UI is so different, I I kind of doubt that they would do that because they would have to. That would be a major update for the PS5 version, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, you can do so, both on the PS5 or on, on, on the PC version depending if you have a controller plugged in or whatever. Oh, and it changes, like, the entire, like, like menu system and everything? Yeah, because you can really? play it on Steam Deck, and it gives oh, you okay. the controller. Oh, option. yeah, I guess they they could do it. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm holding out for. They haven't said anything or confirmed yeah. that they were going to do that, but I, I feel like it, it has to happen at some point, you know? I'm already pretty committed to my playthrough, and I don't have oh, yeah. a fancy PC, so... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make it through. I, I I'm very close to Act Two. Um, the, I think there's three acts. There might be more, but the acts are very large, from what I can tell. Yeah, it seems like it definitely seems like another one of those games like like Tears of the Kingdom, where it's like it's crazy that someone designed this and it works. You know, yeah. and with how I, many I, how many different things are going on, but yeah. Uh, I guess uh to wrap up my thoughts on it, I. Um, I really, I'm really enjoying it. It's really interesting, and I love having a, a fantasy fantasy world to kind of exist in, and and discover all these different factions and and the backstories of all these different characters that you get to meet along the way. It's super interesting. Um, some of the praise that I've heard for it, though, I kind of don't agree with. I think it's not a very revolutionary RPG. I think it's just rooted in a different system than most people are used to playing. Like you said, it was D and D, and most modern games don't really have that foundation anymore we've kind of moved away from that and and most rpgs even games like final fantasy that used to be more turn-based are uh you know they're rooted in more action and everything so uh i think people are just it's like a it's like a retro kind of game 
that people who didn't ever play any of those old CRPGs are just surprised by the novelty. Um, because it doesn't actually play that smoothly. And like again, playing on the PS5, I've noticed slowdown in really weird moments. Um, oh, yeah. Where you'll like choose to do something and it'll just like take an extra second than you think it should. It's not a very responsive system. Uh, and I think that comes down to it's it being loyal to those uh, CRPG roots of like you'll you'll be in an area and you'll you'll search an area and you'll click I want to open this chest and then you have to wait for your character to move over there and the chest to open and then it'll open the menu for the chest. Oh, okay, and it, so it's so like, that's okay. kind of like, very intentional then. It, at least it yes, moments that. like that are intentional with, with the slowdown, but but there are uh, odd things where there's glitches in combat. One of my favorite ones is whenever your character makes like a big final swing on an enemy, and it just doesn't show the animation, but then the enemy's dead. It it, oh. it just it happens in like the blink of an eye. So it's like the opposite of slowdown, where everything just happens. But it, I guess it kind of hesitates, and then all happens at once, but you don't see anything. It just changes. So it has a lot of strange technical issues. And I, I guess my point is I've heard a lot of praise about how polished this game is compared to get other games that are coming out around this time. And I think that's kind of silly because it's been in early access for so long and it still is buggy in, in, a, in a few areas here and there that are not small. Like, it, they are noticeable. And I think it's unfair to... Uh, praise it for being so perfectly polished when it is just another video game that like a huge video game that's very good that has a lot of um, great things but with rough edges yeah and I, from what i've heard uh, when, you know regarding to that josh is when a lot of people praising it for like polish they're they're definitely praising it in the context of like it being a pc game because uh there have that's been funny. like yeah. five okay. or seven really terrible pc ports you know yeah uh, this year, like like Jedi Survivor, you know, just yeah. like stuff like that. The Last of Us when they came, you know. So it's just been a year of people buying like, you know, like $3,000 rigs and then it running like trash where it's like the, the PS5 version might run better, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah and I feel like that's for... kind of where that comes, you know. Yes. I was going to say thank you for saying that because I think you're right. Um, because thinking about like playing old PC games like any old strategy games like civilization or anything like that you do always have those weird moments of like like tiny glitches happening and when you're playing on a it, it, pc games like that tend to be so grand that you tend not to unless you're nitpicking like i am right now you, do, you don't tend to really be bothered by those glitches um so it's a functional game and it's a very fun game but if you are bothered by uh hiccups in a game this game does have those hiccups so be warned i guess yeah yeah well i'm excited uh, to jump back in <laughs> one question so i i know that we were kind of talking and you know, last time we saw each other in person and i was telling you that i was really excited about Baldur's gate and and i even told you that part of me was like you know i kind of wish that I, I when i started starfield that Part of me was like, man, I kind of hope I don't like the game at all, so I can justify just putting it down and just going to Baldur's Gate. But yeah, I but you know that that didn't really happen, at least not yet. Who knows what'll happen? I don't know. But uh, but tell now you know that I do really want to play the game. Is the UI like bad enough to deter people who who you think would actually really want to play the game? Or I mean, like how bad is or I, I, not even bad, just how different is it? What do you think, Troy? 
Um, so it's not like the UI in general. I think it's just the type of game it is is going to throw people off because it is like Josh said, it's it's qualified as like a CRPG, which is like a very specific mm-hmm. game type. Um, you know, if you've ever played like the original Fallout, it's like Fallout one and two. Oh yeah, and I have. You know, I, mean, I haven't like beat either one of them, but the yeah. Root you know, like one of the one of those games are like the roots of where these like systems and how the game flows. Um, like, uh, for example, if anyone's ever played like Dragon Age, like uh, more one than two on console, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of that experience. The, uh, uh, the only thing I would say there is that, yeah, Dragon Age Origins is like it's an action game still in a way. It's just it's more of like an MMO style where you like um, you still but you're like commanding it and it's happening in real time. So weirdly enough, that was just on the console version. The PC was turn-based for Dragon Age Origins. Are you sure? I watched my mm-hmm. dad play that. I think there's uh, different modes, but yeah. Okay, well, that's really strange. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it, I, it was really good as an action game. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was. I no, don't know why good. they would do that turn-based. <laughs> you know, if you're like really feeling the characters and the story, I think Josh, you can say like right away like all the writing's really good all the characters seem okay. really interesting um, i yeah if it's really as good like uh like writing and story-wise and and all that if it's really as good as it as people were saying it is i feel like i could push through i could push through a lot because i mean just like all the trailers and reviews i've seen and just like the little clips like here and there on tiktok i'm like dude i want to play this game so bad it looks it looks great and there is something to having like dice rolls to conversation, which is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to risk this. And if it doesn't work out, like, you know, another character like knocks out another character and you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't like negatively affect you. It just changed how that scenario went, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is, I, like I said, that stuff is very neat. Yeah, I do want to say I, um, <laughs> I've i had so much fun in not save scumming like the, like the developer recommended. Yeah. Um, I have like almost immediately killed a party member, <laughs> and re- I like oh. I. It's so sad because I have no idea what his background was or <laughs> who he was gonna become in my party. He just he's just gone <laughs> so That's early hilarious. on. I was like, oh That's no. Hilarious. And uh, I actually really hate most of the characters, but I I I love one specific character's backstory so much that that's uh, more than enough to keep me interested in continuing. Yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, so yeah, and that's Baldur's Gate. Uh, speaking of large RPGs that recently released, uh, Colton, uh, you're probably the one here who's played the most Starfield. Uh, I would probably give that to Josh. Actually, oh, okay. uh, I thought you would have beat me by now, but I guess you have no, been busy. Yeah. So, uh, I guess you know we haven't done the podcast in a while. We've all been very busy uh i've been like the past like especially like the past month and a half i've been i've been really busy getting my uh class a uh commercial driver's license that i've had to get for work and so there was a lot of studying involved a lot of like studying at work and away from work and a lot of it was it was so freaking stressful like it was hard for me to come home and play games because I was like, oh man, I gotta like you know in two weeks I, I'm going down you know I have to go down to Dallas drive I have to clock in to work at like 4 a.m. so I can make it to the south side of Dallas in time because I have to be at this uh 
place to study, you know, every day and to practice driving and practice my pre-trip and all that. And it was just, it was really stressful. And then I was stressing myself out like crazy. So uh, I haven't been able to play a whole lot, but as of like a week and a half ago, I finally got it. I can now legally drive 18 wheelers, which is weird. Very but cool. Parallel parked that son of a gun, and I got my <laughs> license. So, uh, anyways, I haven't been well, able to play get, much. Hmm? Uh, so I was just gonna say, you got your class A driver's license now in Starfield. I I can now pilot class C ships. Oh, how do you whoa. feel about that? <laughs> Man, how how long that, did that take you to study for, John? That is an accomplishment. Just a lot of. A lot of killing mercenaries to level up my piloting skill because <laughs> that makes total sense. Similar process, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the the little bit I did play, uh okay. Well I, I know you all know about it. Uh I did get about three hours into my first playthrough and uh one night I I closed the game and then I closed and then I turned off the Xbox and then the next day I woke up early because it was like a Saturday morning or something. And I came to the Xbox. I turned it on and it gave me a weird startup screen. It was asking me what language to choose. And I was like, oh, what the heck is that about? And I was like, okay, English. And then it said, oh, what country are you in? What time zone are you in? And I was like, what the heck is going on? Anyways, uh, somehow my Xbox got completely wiped. Don't know how. Uh, everything got deleted off the Xbox. So... And I was like, I was very frustrated, but I was like, whatever, you know, I know uh, Microsoft is real good about the cloud saves with all the games and everything. Uh, so the games are back on the Xbox and then none of my cloud saves are over there. Weird. So I really don't know what happened. All I did was close out the game and then turn the Xbox off and didn't touch it until I woke up the next morning. So anyways... I think it was for the better. I was very distracted those three hours, uh, um, that that first three hours in that playthrough. Restarting the game, I was actually taking the time to like, like, uh, actually pay attention to like what was going on in the like in the story and trying to figure out what, you know, who these people are and this war that happened in the past. And I was actually starting to pay attention. I was actually enjoying the the narrative a lot more. Uh, so. The second playthrough, I think, was uh, was probably helpful to me because the first one I was starting to get, you know, I was kind of like just playing it like on autopilot with glazed eyes, and I wasn't really listening to a whole lot of the dialogue that I was getting involved with. But I am li- I'm starting to like it a lot more now. I have my CDL now. I'm uh, I'm a lot more relaxed. I can actually sit down and play something and not be like you know half my mind somewhere else. Uh, so. Now that I can do that, I'm actually like sitting down and kind of enjoying enjoying a lot of a lot of the game. There is a lot of the game that I'm still not completely not completely sure how I feel yet. The uh oh the menus. I hate the menus in the game. <laughs> I I don't know why I don't know what it is. Um I think the thing I hate most about the menus is, is the they've done I, they did this in the Fallout games. I got very used to it. You pick up, mm-hmm. you, you you go to the menus and you have basically like food and drink in one menu. And then you have like your aid, you know, like it would be your stem packs or the drugs that you can take or something like that. I felt yeah, like it's that almost makes identical sense. in this one as Fallout. It's it's the same exact system. Yes. However, it's all jump like jumbled up into one menu for some reason. 
and I don't know why. Like I'm in the middle of a fight and I, I don't know. I just got a, like I got a laceration. So I have to go get like, they have like bandages that like heal, you know, they have things that heal burns or heal or heal like cuts on your body. And then they also have like food or drugs you can take. Uh, so I have to go to the aid menu and have to scroll through this really long list. And yeah. I have to, I'm scrolling through like butter, apples, <laughs> wine. Oh, there's a drug. Oh, there's, the oh, then there's bandages. Well, I yeah. try to take some of the food back to my ship because I'm trying to make a lot of the ingredients. You know, you, you can collect all the ingredients to make like recipes or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, but, but why though? I, okay, but the fact that I can pick them up and they still go <laughs> on the same menu as yeah, right, my right. bandages and my they heal like, you for like two point five percent. Yeah, I mean it's it's dumb. It the, I, I, that part is just I'm only doing that because lately I've been getting in a lot of firefights, so I've been having to heal myself, and I I hate scrolling through like all that stuff. Um, but not even just the aid. I think the uh, I think I don't know inventory management is a little. I think it's a little rough too. It's a lot. I, I I usually tolerate the encumbrance in Fallout games a lot better than I do in this game. I feel like in the Fallout games it it kind of I don't know, it, it maybe it makes more sense in my head. And here I feel like a lot of the weight is being taken up. Which I guess you can say the same thing for armor and Fallout, but I feel like it doesn't so like, you know, you have your, your spacesuit, which you have to have on you, your helmet, your back, you're like a what do you call it? The little, like the little jetpack looking mm, like thing. Booster thing. Like though, sometimes that can like, like all three of those things can weigh like, like 30 pounds or 40 pounds already. And then, and I guess that's maybe, maybe I'm complaining about nothing. I don't know. It feels different. Like it feels like I'm actually, I have to actually really sacrifice like what I'm picking up. But also Josh made a good point when we were talking about it uh-huh. earlier. They don't, they don't, I feel like they don't punish you enough for being encumbered. They kind of like, like how how did you say it, Josh? You okay, like so in all the rest of the Bethesda games, when you're over encumbered, you you like pretty much have to just stand still until you drop stuff down below your weight limit, right? Yeah, uh, like you can move very slowly, but like that's all so you can do. slowly yeah. in Starfield. You can kind of still move as much as you want. It just eats away at your oxygen, which is essentially your stamina. And then, and then once your oxygen runs out, you start losing health. So it gives you this cushion so that you, you're like, well, I can just, I can make it. And then you struggle to get everything you're carrying to a ship. And then you're like, realize, oh, well, my, my ship doesn't have enough cargo space. So I need to fly my ship to somewhere to get it upgraded so I can put stuff. In. So you're just walking around all these places, just completely over encumbered, but you can still kind of move. You're just worse at the game significantly because you're, you're basically, uh, uh, you've, you shortened how much, like max O2 you have, which is essentially your health in the long run. So you um, you do you can't fight as easily anymore because you're you're trying to get this treasure you found on this one place back to home or whatever. It's, it's yeah, really it's strange. a little strange. It's like the game's like, hey, you're over encumbered, but don't worry about it right now. You know, keep playing. But if in like Fallout, it's like, hey, you better drop something or you like you won't be able to move. And then you know you drop it, and then you're like, oh, now I'm playing exactly how I was playing before. But I feel like yeah. in Starfield, it uh, I don't know. Again, that's like that's also something that like you can easily fix by not picking up as much stuff. But you know, in a like a survival RPG, it's it's hard to just not pick up stuff you find. Is there a good upgrade path to like increase your capacity and all this other stuff? Like, if no. you want to like 
beeline to not, it. No. Not as much, not as good as I would like it to be. Mm-hmm. You, you can it's definitely good. upgrade it. The problem is the skill points in this game feel so vital. Um, like I don't and... want to waste it, you know, on on doing that. <laughs> But at the same time, most of the stuff on the skill trees are so useless. And it, it's just a strange system. If you haven't played it, yeah, it's it's different from Fallout and, and Skyrim. Um, it, how would you describe how they set up the skill points, Colton? You know, I I, I knew I was, I was going to want to talk about it. I have it pulled up right now. And it's you, just, it's strange. I don't know how to. It's separated into like pages. Yeah. And each page is kind of its own path, but you don't have to really follow a path. You just have to invest enough points like, yeah, each in the path skill has, like, on each level. Row. Like yeah, you have. But to, you like, only have to invest three in one row. I think it's four, but that's only that's, oh. basically you can you can choose to just max out one, and then that's enough to move down to the next row. But the oh, issue yeah, is right. you only get one skill point per level and there's like god i don't know you don't there's level up very fast. i think there's like 330 300 it's, it's over 300 um things you could put the points into but you're you're probably going to beat the game around level 50 or like 30 to 50 ah, so it, you feel weird like spreading out your points you're like i feel like i should just focus i feel weird but I at have, the same but... yeah but at the same time once you realize that most of the skills are so such a small benefit to you and and some of the skills are a necessity for example you're forced to play in space like you have to do ship combat sometimes and if you don't upgrade your ship or your ability to upgrade your ship or your guns on your ship and all or that like, like the aiming and all that like yeah yeah the piloting so you can pilot uh, yeah. better ships and if you don't do that, then you put yourself at a major disadvantage. And I found I myself had, just lowering the difficulty just so I could get by these encounters. And even still, some of them would just destroy me in a few seconds. It's, it's one of those things. It's so weird. I didn't I didn't put a point into the... Is it piloting where you could like aim at different parts of enemy ships? Uh, no. Sure. Oh, no. Targeting. Targeting, targeting control yeah. system. So I had no... I didn't know how important that was. I So I didn't invest in it yet. Uh, I was about level... 10 i think josh when you came over you and dalton were talking about it mm-hmm. and i think and and me i don't think dalton knew about it either at the time me and dalton were like yeah you know we get in these spaceship battles and like at one point it was asking me like it was like a story mission it was like aim for the engines of the ship to disable their movement and i was like how yep. am i gonna do that i just i like i my only option is to target lock on an enemy and just shoot at it like i don't have like yeah. there's nothing there's no way for me to do that and then josh had to bring it up to me hey if you get that one perk you're able whenever you're fighting a ship you're able to like zoom in it slows down time and you're able to aim at different parts of the ship and i think that's weird that they locked that behind a yeah it's essentially they locked the entire vat system specifically for ships they locked that system from fallout under the skill tree perk, it's like yeah. why <laughs> oh yeah and like the what is it like the jetpack boost I oh, yeah, still you can't haven't even done do that. It. Yeah, you can't do it until you get a perk. That that doesn't seem that's just so weird to me that it's locked behind a behind a skill tree. Yeah, they that put you can't do that. So many essential skills in these in these trees and and yet if they would have just made everyone able to do these things, then all of the other skills would feel more relevant, but because you're like, well, these are the ones I need then you don't really sp- you spend most of your time playing just going well i don't i'm just gonna get these because everyone yeah. online or 
or just for the the how vital they feel you're like oh i need these skills specifically and i think that's yeah, a it's, really bad design decision yeah it's it's weird when you have to choose between like a perk or like a gameplay feature and i'm like yeah. ah, i don't know how to spend this point i get them so rarely i feel like i level up slowly I, I, that yeah. may be me though i'm I mean, doing I, like i guess low the, xp stuff a good example is like one of the first options you could do like level two or whatever level one i, I don't know do you start at zero it doesn't matter the first perk oh. you could assign is like do I want to carry 10 more weight or do I want to be able to use a jetpack? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Can, can I ask you guys kind of like a larger scope question about it? Sure, um, sure. So like, uh, you know, this is Bethesda Softworks. You know, do you think a lot of your complaints, is it because it's been done better in their previous games or is do you think this is something that's kind of always been in like bethesda games but now your guys are starting to be like okay like i feel like this they should have like you know designed this a little more this but time around or... question I, I can't speak for like the elder scroll games but i mean i at least specifically for like the whole like I don't think they ever locked like a like a gameplay feature behind something like that for the Fallout games. I think it just means um, like the game overall. Oh. No, no, yeah, yeah, like 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 overall do you feel like like is just like I understand. You know, like is it something where hey, these were problems in previous games and now they're in Starfield, now it's not acceptable or is it like hey, a lot of these systems you already did better in your previous game, you know, or games? Um, well, for me, uh, I would say this game is such a Bethesda game, and so many of their traits from their previous games carry over to this. And I do think they are aging. I don't think they're bad. I think that what they're trying to do new is actually clashing with their old design. I don't think that either are bad by themselves, but together it's causing a lot of issues. For example, like the... Um, the random generation or the procedural generation of things on planets that in combination with the, uh, their, their open world systems that they've had before and like, uh, encumbrance and all that, all of this stuff is, is coming to a head where it's like, Oh, I, I want to explore all these planets and get all these materials, but I can only carry like 10 things. And then I got to go dump them back at my home base on a different planet or whatever. And that, that just all becomes a, a big issue. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. What do you think, Holden? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think I agree with you. I mean, I think it is aging itself a little bit. I know. Uh, I think exploration is done a lot better in all their other games, but I don't know. Like, I I don't know if they if they could if that's something that they could have been able to fix anyway. Because if they want to have this game where you're going to like different solar systems, I mean, I mean. You know they can't they can't design a game big enough to where you're you have like interesting stuff in between everything. But I think that be, that creates a problem where I'm just I'm fast traveling ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, like yeah, I am yeah. never. Up, yeah, I mean I'm never walking from in one point of interest to another. Like I am fast traveling the whole time, and that is starting to get to me like. I feel like I'm just going from dialogue option to dialogue option at that point, or you know, dialogue option to to uh, fight scene to dialogue to the next dialogue option because yeah. I'm just the, fast traveling the whole. The time. worst thing, more specifically to that, is that once you've been somewhere, you can fast 
travel to it from anywhere. You don't have to get to your ship. You can just be standing and fast travel to a different solar system. Yeah. Do you think like do you think it's like a necessary evil? Because from how the game was kind of marketed and sold and talked about, it seemed like, oh, you know, you're going to get on your ship and cr- you can do crazy stuff like take over people's ship and steal their car. You know what I mean? Like all kinds of crazy stuff. And then when people got their hands on it, there's like there's like a whole lot of nothing in between, like in the space parts, you know, like yeah. there's not much to, interesting to do. And maybe they realize that and they're like, OK, so we need to make like fast travel a lot easier so people don't get bored. But then, like you guys said, now you're bypassing. Yeah, what now I'm, could I'm spending be the like most no time interesting in space. part of a space yeah. game. Yeah, I I don't think it was even something that was thought about genuinely. I think that it's a, it's carried over from their other games, and the fast travel doesn't ever feel as bad in Fallout or Skyrim because you because you you walk to all these places to get to there, and then you're like fast travel back. It, it feels different from the solar system leaping from my front door. I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> It, it just because of the scale, and not even necessarily the physical scale of the game, but like the imagination of the players, of like, oh, I'm in this universe, this galaxy, these solar systems. You're just leaping everywhere, and that's the best way to get anywhere. It's to use the fast travel system. Yeah, hmm. I don't know if I had a point there, but I feel good. No, about no, it. no. It may it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, yeah. So I mean, it sounds like you've played enough to kind of get kind of like a general oh. feeling on it, like a general I, opinion. I've played about 45 to 50 hours. Oh, I would hope you'd have <laughs> a feeling. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty then. close to the end of the story. Wow, and I've, that high. I've done probably three and a half of the like big side quests. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it's been an interesting release. Cause it's like, from what I've seen, like from the reactions, there's a lot of people that like, you know, like actually really like it for like uh for the same reasons they liked previous bethesda games and then there's people that really don't like it for the you know because of the things they liked in previous bethesda games so it's it's really weird to parse you know <laughs> yeah the last thing yeah. i would like to and say the reaction um, to it is some positives i guess um i really like my ship i like building the ship um even though i don't really get to fly it anywhere except for around the planet or whatever like I really enjoy being able to have that customization because I've made a few different looks and seals, and it does affect the way it flies in combat and things like that, and that's really fun. I saw I saw somebody on Twitter. They designed a ship that was basically like imagine like the outline of a cube, like basically all of the edges, but nothing in 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 between. And they say they can get through any space encounter fine now because the NPC will always shoot the middle of the ship, but there's nothing there. They have like all the engines and space and cockpit that's, like on the outside. So they they just they don't even have to do anything in a space fight. They just shoot and it goes right through their ship. And I thought that <laughs> I thought that was a funny little like a clever workaround. That's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I, I saw a funny video where I think it might have been like a glitch or something, but he just said like his ship randomly like takes off without him and starts fighting like pirates. <laughs> so yeah, that's like, for him watching from like a space station. <laughs> I'm like, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you all encountered any bugs, Colton? Other than uh, the Xbox deleting itself. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, just the normal, like every now and then I'll be in the fight, you know, and, and I'll shoot somebody. And like one time, I guess one time was really funny. This guy was standing straight up 
and I uh, I shot him with like shotgun, and his body like flew back and hit the wall, but his head stayed, just like oh in my floating God. in air. And it was kind, it was kind of horrifying, but it was. Uh, but his, his the body that flew back to the wall had the head on it. It like it like copied the head and like left a copy of it as it like flew back. <laughs> that was a that was a funny glitch, I guess. That's cool. That's cool. I to just really yeah. Oh, sorry. I I just realized like why I chose to stop playing recently, and it had to do with glitches, and I totally forgot that even happened. Um, I had I think I'd mentioned to you guys all of the combat and uh like voice audio was just gone from my game. Oh, but like like all weird. all of it. Yeah, all any any of the like uh like gun sounds and any of the talking in, in the game just it wasn't happening. There was nothing. So Weird. it was a very quiet experience for a couple of hours, and I was like, "What is going on?" And like, like reloading the game, turning off. Yeah, the system I, and all I that reloaded. Is... It. Yeah, I, I finally came back to it like a week, week and a half later, and booted back up, and it was working again. So I, I kept playing a little bit, but yeah, I, I was very close to just being completely done with it. Huh. Well, to be fair, like. Uh, you know, like they just launched a Bethesda game, and I haven't been seeing like compilations of glitches. You know, in the same way, it does would... seem. Oh, sure. It does seem like a does at least seem... for them a very a, like yeah. a pretty polished launch. It's still bad. It's still bad though. <laughs> the bar is oh, still yeah. low for them though. For them, yeah, yeah, right. Like Fallout seventy six was their last opening yeah. release, and I know that game's sure. good now, but you know, I just grabbed a cricket at launch. Yeah, <laughs> what? What do you cricket? Sorry, you I was messing with a pin and then a cricket landed in my hands. <laughs> I think that's good so, luck. You I should think like so. you should like leave and get a lottery ticket or something. I'll never wash this hand again. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> We're eating good tonight. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's let's move on from the RPGs. With, on that and, note, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, don't worry. We have more RPGs to talk about in just a little bit. We'll, we'll take a little break here. Um so uh, like you guys, I've been ultra busy. I got a, a new job, so I'm working at a radio station now. It's been good. It's been good. It's just been busy. But um, uh, instead of playing games, I built something. Um, oh, yeah. I remember you talked about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So uh, what I built, it's called a Mr. FPGA device. And I will just give you guys a really quick rundown of why what makes this uh device special and what why if you explain it real quick people are just like oh well it's just a raspberry pi i'm like no it's not just a raspberry pi but um what it is is it's a little console that you can build that uh that it's like a emulation box kind of like you would if you like built a little raspberry pi to like emulate you know older games uh, the big difference is it's an it's an FPGA baseboard, and what that means. So if you're emulating, like say a Super Nintendo or like Game Boy games, you know, on like a a, a Raspberry Pi or through your Xbox or on your computer, you're doing that all through software emulation or on your Switch. You know, there's no hardware, you know, running those. Those are all software emulation, so it emulates everything linearly. Um, what the, the FPGA device does is it's hardware emulation. So it what it does is it takes like a Super Nintendo and someone makes a core, which it, they program the FPGA to copy the actual chips and the hardware in a Super Nintendo. So you feed it a game instead of emulating a game. 
And oh. uh, so that's that's the, the the core difference there. And it sounds like a small difference, but it's actually like massive because I've played a lot of emulated games through like, you know, like the little mini consoles, like I said, Switch, Raspberry Pi, computers, handhelds, you know, every 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 version of it. Uh, but uh, what, what this guy does is you build it, uh, you load software on it and it's it's matured enough on GitHub where you I downloaded one little file, it talked to the internet and it pretty much set up the entire device for me through an SD card. And so uh, what the mister can do is it can emulate maybe about 50 consoles. So anywhere from Atari to Nintendo to Sega Genesis to anything else you could think of, Sega CD, uh, Neo Geo, all that stuff. And and again, it, it just copies whatever chips were in those consoles. And the really neat thing about it is that um, it has the, um, the box itself has an HDMI out but since it's it's emulating the chips, you can plug it into a CRT and a CRT reads it like it would have in like the olden days when you would just connect like a Sega Genesis to it or like an arcade machine. And so it's super accurate. It's it's great. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I have like over 10,000 games in that thing, like complete libraries of Game Boy games and wow. Sega games. And it, so it doesn't stop there, though. It also emulates computers. So it emulates Apple II's, Commodore 64's, like old Amiga, like European, Japanese computers. And so, again, it just copies whatever chips those computers were using at the time. And you just feed it software and it acts like it would have. So, yeah, it kind of becomes uh, that little program I said. It automatically loads about like, I forget the number, but it's like 400 arcade games. And again, each core has to be designed by someone in the community. So an arcade board is just a board that runs a specific game. So they take that board and they emulate it through the through the mister. So yeah, it, uh, I can do HDMI out where it, I can make it do really fancy scan lines like uh, like on the Game Boy games. I give it like a little pixel grid that makes it look like those old LCDs you'd get on like a Game Boy Advance SP. And it all looks incredible on like a big 4K TV. And at the same time, you can plug it into an old school CRT and it just it just works. And it's it's incredible. So it's like kind of like awesome. the ultimate retro device. Like just think of all those little mini consoles, but like, you know, but you have all of them <laughs> and they're run much more accurately, like cycle accurate, all this other stuff. And uh, another fun thing it does is that the um the the uh, menus it gives you different like retro backgrounds. I have it playing an '80s radio station when you pop it up because um, you you, I, you just put like a Wi-Fi dongle and it it connects to the internet. And then there's something called Super Attract mode where if I don't touch it on the menu, it'll just launch games every 60 seconds and play them for a few minutes. And so it just pulls random games, so you can just leave it on a TV and it'll just do like. It'll just pull like a Game Boy game or a, a PlayStation game. Um, so yeah, also like if you're wondering like what it kind of emulates, it kind of stops at like the PlayStation. Right now they're making an N64 and Sega Saturn core, which isn't complete yet, but you can kind of load it and play it. But those are like coming along. But any game pretty much from 1995 down, you can pretty much play on this thing all in like one box and plug it into 
a TV. So I have 8-bit DOE controllers plugged into it that are wireless, a wireless uh, arcade fight stick. Um, so it's like super seamless. It's like it's really cool to bring just like in a big group environment, you know, because you just say like, hey, name any game from your childhood, name any arcade game and you just search it and there it is. And it looks like I said, it's the most it's the best emulation I've ever seen on like an HD TV, like anything you've ever done on your computer or through those mini consoles or in the switch. It just like blows it out of the water. It's amazing. So, yeah. Hear me? Yeah. Right, I have a question. So, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Uh, one thing uh, people talk about when it comes to the pixel art and uh, video games from like the retro era is how pixels were meant to be uh, used as a way to be smoothed out by the CRT screens of the TVs. Meaning like when you built a pixel art character in those games back then, the TV was supposed to smoothen out the edges in a way that made sense. It's why Peach in like, uh, let's say like Super Mario RPG, like looks the way she does more rounded out rather than sharp. And does that does those like the, the Mr. FPGA like and you like having a TV screen with that, like, does that help it? Are you getting that like like? Well, how, how do you yeah. Put it? Yeah, yeah, you're so um, so there's two outputs. There's your analog okay. output and your digital output on the digital output. Isaiah, you yeah. can put scan line filters that emulate how it would have looked on a CRT. Or like That's how cool. it would have looked on a Game Boy. And they have specific profiles. Like I can have a filter that looks like an old Sony Trinitron from the 90s. Or all the handheld are there. Like I have a Game Boy color filter. And, you know, so all the filters like state of the art, like they're the best looking filters where you get the way those, uh, the, like you said, like they looked a certain way on a CRT because of the uh, scan lines. Right. And th that's the first time I've ever put like an, a, a Super Nintendo game on a big screen and have it look like awesome, like not just like super smooth or like sharper than it should be, you know? Mm -hmm. And then if you want to plug it directly into your CRT, it's going to play exactly how it was meant, how it was meant to be played, you know? And uh, same with all the PlayStation stuff, like you can play it like the PS1 emulator, you can... And all these cores, it can do all the cool stuff you can do on actual emulation too. Like you can actually throw more CPU power at it if you want it to like run a little smoother or it actually stereo pans stuff that was never in stereo. Like there's right. all kinds of really cool stuff you can do. But yeah, Isaiah, it, uh, it fixes that problem for me on playing like on a 4K TV. Because yeah, you're really talking about big game with this, with this, uh, this device. And, and I looked at it. Yeah, it's really cool. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, one more thing is there's different, um, there's all kinds of different stuff you can plug into it. There's a port that plugs directly into the board. And if you buy like a little US, a certain USB dongles, you can attach original controllers to it um, as well. That's directly cool. to it. Um, and there's even like you can connect a Wiimote to it if you want to play like light gun games like Duck Hunt or PS1 ones. Um, like there's, there's so many options and the community has been like, you know, for almost a dec, well, not quite a decade, like 2017 or something to now right. it's matured so much that you can just do so much to it, dude, that a track mode, you can also, before it plays the game at random, because, you know, you remember how on like PS2, you'd let it, you wouldn't touch a game and it would just start playing like itself. Yeah. Or like older Pixar games. The demos. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. It It goes into demo modes for games, but you, I can set it to where it pulls up a trailer for the original game on YouTube 
plays it oh. and, and goes into the demo mode. Oh, okay. And then three minutes later, it launches something else. Like, you know, I, I have it. So when you're when you're in the main menu, it plays a bunch of like 80s music, like an arcade, you know, like an that's arcade really cool. would have. Right. Like, like there's so much different stuff that's built in. And once it's built, you know, like I said, you just run a script. It pulls it all online. It updates everything. It, it's it does take a lot of like work to get your library to where you need it to be like getting the actual roms as you know isaiah is not always easy no it could be time consuming but yes. uh, i spent the last couple months doing that so like i said i pretty much have like full libraries for like every nintendo console up to the n64 and sega and playstation and all that so terabytes upon terabytes but it's all packed in that thing so i can you know like i said i just throw it it's about the size of a um gosh what's a good what's like a good comparison for it it's maybe like uh less than half the size of a series s yeah you know? i've seen it yeah but you just yeah you just throw it in a bag and take it to someone's house and pop a couple arcade sticks into it and you can play like metal slug on your tv you know i saw or, you dual screen this with another tv did you not so that, that's what I was saying earlier. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the, I was using the HDMI, the digital output, right onto the that, and an analog output into um, into a uh, CRT, which you can actually use that analog output. Um, you can actually use to put into like a, a stream deck or something if you want to stream it. Right. So there's, which is like what a lot of streamers do. But yeah, it's like it's pretty much the like ultimate mini console, um, and it's a lot cheaper. Because a, lo a lot of this stuff, like, you can do on a Raspberry Pi, um, and it would be a whole lot cheaper, but it wouldn't be nearly as, like, accurate. Like, you're really buying this for accuracy, and Raspberry Pis don't do, like, true analog out, you know, because they're software. It's not copying the actual mm -hmm. chips. Um, so, yeah, it it's like, it if, you were if you're into retro games, it is, like, the end-all, be-all retro gaming device. Um, so yes, yeah, cool. I'm super happy with it. I have it connected downstairs permanently now, and I have my arcade stick. And I bought a like a wireless eight bit do kind of Sega Genesis. That's gonna be controller. fun. So yeah, anytime I just like this morning, I just was like, hey, I'm gonna play every Power Ranger game that came out on the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. <laughs> you know, it's just, That's you, really cool. yeah, and you just boom, boom, boom. It's 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 awesome, dude. It's, and you decided to do this after we visit Arizona. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. It it. Dude, yeah, like I need to bring it over or something because, like I said, like just any game you name it, I hold up and we're playing it, you know. So, um, you know, for example, I brought over my parents, my dad had his 80s, like an 80s arcade game he used to love, and he hasn't played it since. And I brought it up, and he, he just played on it in on in his living room on his TV with the arcade stick for like an hour, <laughs> you know, it's That's like cool. that kind of thing. It's 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 super cool, so. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. Thing. But it does sound like it takes a lot of planning for. You had to buy a lot of parts for it, I'm sure. And that storage you mentioned, like terabytes, bro. Terabytes. Oh, that's yeah. A, that's a lot of planning. But yeah. one day, yeah. one day, I'll look into it. Maybe when I finish paying off my debt. I'll be yeah, cool if you that. got about, um, I mean, just to, be, just to be honest, if you have about $600 burned a hole in your pocket, then. Oh, yeah. okay. That's not too bad. That's actually really not that bad. It's like I said, yeah, it, it's pricey, but it, once you build it, you have it. And it's, you know, it's like hundreds of consoles and computers and arcade games in one it's, little box. 
It's great. definitely gonna be better than uh, the TikTok shops uh, advertisements for like the little like uh, two hundred like retro games and one oh, little Game those, Boy. Like, plug and play things. Yeah, oh, those were, <laughs> yeah, those are the worst. <laughs> those are, those are uh, so all right. God. Well, I will stop talking. And thank I God. Yeah, I know. I'm no. so sick of time. We're thing. we're we're just gonna go right back into RPG town, aren't we, Isaiah? We are. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Sea of Stars. Okay, let's real talk for a second. When I looked at this game and I saw the advertisements for it and I saw how Victoria put it on her list, I was immediately like, that game looks sick. Why don't I have that game on my list? What am I doing with my life? And then I realized when the game came out and I re- and I ha- learned that I had a whole Kickstarter for it, I had a much bigger realization that I spent $70 for a Kickstarter campaign. For Friday Night Funkin', which was a game that I just liked. If I if I can go wow. back three years to the past and I see myself, I'm like, dude, support Sea of Stars. Because Sea of Stars is like it delivers on all fronts you can possibly think of. Let's talk about how what makes like a, a GRPG fun. Uh, grinding isn't much of an issue. Uh, Mario and Luigi mechanics where you're interacting with the spells. So you want to throw a shell and ricochet off that enemy to yourself to continue a combo. They have that. Let's say you like the positioning from Chrono Trigger where you like where the enemies are all bunched up together and you can prop off that with a single move and do a whole swipe against all the enemies. And it has a lock system similar to, I think, Octopath, where you have to break the lock in order to stop the enemy from doing their turn, which is typically a strong one if you have a lock, and profit off a whole new turn for you. It is so, it is so cool. This has, this is my favorite RPG that has come out, one of my favorites, in the past decade, that doesn't waste your time, and in fact, in fact, makes you want to waste your time with it instead. I love Sea of Stars, down to the the soundtrack to uh, capturing that nostalgic feeling based off the memory and not by the actual experience. Like the way you remember things, feel things, smell, taste, you know, they always invoke a positive like, oh, that felt good. I loved that. And Sea of Stars really just captures that like that that idea with its music, with its style, with its gameplay and with its story beats and characters. It is such a charming, lovable, and just endearing game to watch unfold. Um, you have like this uh, party member who's like your third one that's like pretty early on called uh, Garl. He is so sweet. He's like a cook, and like he learns very early on from like when like all the party members are kids that the world's a lot more dangerous. So he trains for ten years like the other, like the two main protagonists are already doing and uh, cooks and learns to become a great chef. And his entire character was like, you know, this is the side character, but he's kind of like Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad where he's actually realistically like, he's kind of like the hero. He's kind of like the protagonist that we really want to show a love to and like bring into this world. And I, I absolutely love that. And the, the dungeons for this game are like, pretty like back to back they're not like super like big but like they're small enough enough where like it's like a you could just blaze through within like less than like maybe like 30 minutes sometimes uh yeah just 30 minutes honestly you don't really spend an hour unless you're really taking your time finding every nook and cranny uh it's it's so fun uh i want to really talk about how they manage um 
content because you have you have the main content. You have the story where like two solstice warriors are born on the solstice of winter and summer. They train in a school for a decade and they're trained to fight a big like a monster. It's only weak on the eclipse. So solstice warriors have to like fight them in order to keep the world safe. And it's an ongoing like generational problem. But then there's like twists. There's like uh, constantly changing like characters that like will like you'll be like changing your opinion on them too as it goes on. There's a there's like a continuous like a drip feed of like mechanics. Like there's also a thing called live mana where it's like oh you know like if you don't want to use your magic and you just want to hit the enemy, you can uh, take this thing called live mana from them, and it builds up like this. Uh, double tripled power for your attack your magic or your healing and it's great for like kind of like mapping out like the strategizing your fights especially boss fights because sometimes getting a mana will already activate your magic if you um take it so you can turn a physical attack into a magic attack with just attack and live mana combined and that can make the lock system more interesting you can like fight them with like, a, let's say this one required sword and sun. If you already attacked him previously and you have live man on the floor, and let's say Zale, the summer solstice child, can take that live mana, his sword is like a sharp type, so it fits the lock. And with the live mana, it's sun. So it two in one combo. Stuff like that happens back to back every time, every battle. And I love it so much. And my favorite thing about the combat with like how its difficulty is structured is just like, you once you get good at the game the game doesn't really feel the need to like push it more because once you got it down you got it down secret bosses side content of that sort side challenges and quests like these battles that happen in them including like um let's say like super bosses they're not that super they're not like final fantasy like bull crap hard you know but like those battles they're not impossible because like I mentioned before, grinding is not really an issue. It's a mechanical like struggle. And because it, if it based off your skill and your um, insight of like the battle, it makes the game like super tangible. It's like how in Resident Evil, you're able to stun enemies and like go for specific limbs like in Resident Evil 4 and use the environment to your advantage where it's not just point and click and shoot. It's what do, tools do I have at my disposal to like, you know, like win the fight. This is what that game does and the way that handles the content with the super bosses and like and like the, the the quests. It's it's always a fun time. It never feels like a it's like a waste of my time or it's like super, super time consuming. Even the true ending stuff, the true ending with like um, getting the 60 con shells, the completionist holes spiel and like uh, experiencing these different like quest lines to unlock a, a big thing after you beat the base game. I I'm be real with you, dude. It is all worth it. I spent a total of 60 hours in this game. You can realistically complete it, like completely complete it with like a 40 hours on time. But I loved and I and I I mean loved every minute of this game. I did not care how much time I spent on it. I came back from work every day excited to play this game. And I haven't really excited to play many games right now. I've just been on like the online kick with like, you know, like Overwatch, Valorant, Rocket League, whatever. But Sea of Stars, I I, I I want nothing more but to play this game, to witness the this like 
fun and just endearing cast and like the areas you get to explore the music that encapsulates those feelings like it feels like a jrpg and they had the composer uh i forget his name but he was the composer for chrono trigger they had him come in yeah they had come for do 10 tracks it is so cool i I, will say um yeah no 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 I, i you know i only played like three or four hours um but what i did play immediately i really liked that like obviously a lot of his inspiration is chrono trigger based even though you, yeah. you you did bring in a lot of other stuff like super mario and all that stuff that's like yeah like they're pulling from a lot of stuff but chrono trigger is definitely something that's an inspiration for them and i appreciate the combat wasn't just like you know it's like chrono trigger you can do like team attacks you know what i mean yeah that's i right, like because the the lock that lock system makes the combat less of a turn-based combat game and more of just like a puzzle yes you know, like yeah game. and that's that i mean it takes kind of some cues from like cool. it's almost like hey those paper mario games that have come out that tried to do that they just never did it well mm. but yeah like like finding out like hey okay if i attack this guy here with this attack that's going to take away like two of those locks above their head yeah and then i'm going to use this character to do like an aoe which will take care of a lock of these three and so you're just trying to be like okay how 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 do i get hit the least in this set of yes turns? and those are like the best jrpg like turn-based yep. system because uh you know some of my favorites from the genre turn-based wise like that's that's final fantasy 10's bread and butter is like trying to mess with like the turn order you know like that's that, true yeah kind of stuff like i am like okay that's really cool and i got far enough to like i i thought the writing was really cool the art was really uh beautiful i mean i i was a big fan of the studio's last game the messenger i'm playing that right now that game is Uh, super funny that game's super dope yeah yeah that game that game's awesome uh but yeah so uh i (laughs) it's just a time thing it always is a time thing with these games it looks really cool i i appreciate it uh I ran it. I, I don't remember. This is kind of a weird tangent. Sorry, I don't mean. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. Okay. I was going to say, I, I've been running into like, like JRPGs have been my favorite genre yeah. for like for years since my yeah. since uh, junior high, high school. And I've played so many at this point. Now I'm at a point in my life where I can't just like, I have to be very picky and choosy. And so it, it's tough because Xenoblade Chronicles 3 specifically, I feel like is the maybe one of the best battle systems I've ever played in a JRPG. Like That's just crazy. Hands, down, hands down. It's like what? one of the best JRPGs I've ever played. I just don't have the time. And the story characters from writing in that game are not great. <laughs> but, you know, like in like another life, that game I would have spent like 100, 200 hours on. Like, like it is like the perfect JRPG like system uh but uh, yeah so i'm 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 struggling with that too with sea of stars because i was like yeah everything you said isaiah i was like oh man yeah it sounds awesome i uh, i just want to take a bit really well yeah i want to take your tangent and like turn into a little little tangent of mine like pick and choose with your jrpgs we have to pick and choose with these games from this year i made a list of the games i was thinking about would be my my top 10 of 2023 as you know i can't buy and play every game of this year you know i just don't have the money for that and I had to also rely on Game Pass. But when I went through that list, I had like 20 games on that list. And I was like, wow, like I want to play and buy all these. But I just don't have that kind of time to give all these games a love. Like I even right now, I am exactly struggling. I am struggling to pick what game I want to put $30 for a physical pre-order for. Spider-Man and Mario or Sonic and Mario or Sonic and Spider-Man. Like, bro, like 
I love these games. I love what they have in store for me. But God, I just yeah. can't. But Sea of Stars, listen, there's it's on PlayStation like extra for like $120 a month. I think it's like a month. Whoa, year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. year. <laughs> and then like you have like Game Don't Pass for Xbox. <laughs> on, on, on Game Pass for Xbox, like this game, if you have it for Game Pass and if you have $35 for Steam or Switch, buy it. This 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 developer, um, I loved I love their work so far. Sabotage Studio has knocked it out of the park for making an engaging, like charming and fun, constantly fun RPG. Play this game, and if you like this game already, go play the Messenger because there are some pretty cool connections from the Messenger to this game. And before I want to end off this conversation, Josh. I know you play a little bit of Sea of Stars. I want to get a little bit of your intake input. Um, I've played probably like what, what, like six to eight hours, maybe. Um, I would say, as a man who hardly ever appreciates turn-based role-playing games, this is one of my favorite. Yes. Um, but my opinion is especially in this year if you are not into turn-based games especially like traditional turn-based like jrpgs even though this does a lot to improve upon that i think that your time would be spent better elsewhere if you just have that predisposition towards like more action oriented games this this has some action elements like those paper mario games and things like that um and it has that puzzle element um that is really interesting, but it does come down to the fact it still is uh, rooted in those those old JRPGs. For sure. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of choice. Like I just said, like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 would be perfect for someone that wants like a mix of that, of turn-based Yeah, I, I'm a more, then, more of a Xenoblade guy. And FF16 is totally like, yo. Oh, yeah. What if, this wasn't, what if this wasn't an RPG? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's like there's a lot of choice out there for that stuff. And uh, Isaiah, for your next, uh, it's not quite as charming, but uh, if you haven't seen any trailers for Iodin Chronicles yet, you should really check that out. What? I'm looking um, up right now. You can do that while I wrap up my other stuff. It's spelled like E-I. Uh, I see well, that. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, check out one of the newer trailers. It's it's uh from the oh, Suikoden creators. That's right. Looks, you told me about this one. It looks freaking incredible. Um, it takes that um the uh HD two D HD look, and they oh, like it's more they 3D. Find, they they uh they like perfect it. It makes like stuff. It it makes like the stuff Square's doing like oh why haven't they like kept working on this because this looks yeah amazing. this looks but, um cool. Uh, so we have a few more things on our list. So we're just going to wrap them up real quick. Uh, I'll start here. Uh, I'm playing through the, uh, the RE4, uh, remake DLC just came out a few days ago. I started that and that just reminds me why it's, uh, the best action game to come out this generation so far. So that's all I'll say about that. Um, yeah, by far. Um, I've been playing F099. Uh, if you've played any of the other 99 games, this is just as like creative, weird and chaotic. And it's way deeper than you would think. Like the progression and the the way like the the events are run and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's just 99 people on the Super Nintendo F-Zero tracks. And the crazy thing is they don't widen the tracks. <laughs> They're just no. like 
it's just yeah it's k it's chaos if you've never played like f-zero it doesn't matter like it just it's a free download if you have the switch plus just download it play a few rounds like it's chaotic it's it's actually really fun i was super yeah. surprised uh i beat ff16 probably uh uh probably right after our last podcast um i will save uh my thoughts on that uh for game of the year so Okay. I have many thoughts, but I will not say them now. I'll just save that. Uh, and then lastly, I saw this is on your list too, Josh. Uh, I played maybe about mm, 10 hours of Armor Core 6. Oh, yeah. And um, you hated it. <laughs> it wasn't my thing. Oh, uh, what? That's I think, okay, okay, Armor Core 6, real quick. Yeah. looks uh art like art design and like yeah. scale and everything it is maybe one of the most like it is the most sick game in action i've ever seen <laughs> like it just looks freaking anime as hell it's it's amazing like the way everything moves and looks like it is obviously from software like animation <laughs> is is being done on it like like they are like crazy with that stuff and that that continues here but the game itself yeah uh not my deal i can appreciate it but uh i don't think i'll be playing anymore i'm just gonna wait for that elden ring dlc so is it was a physical or, or uh digitally buy it on uh actually well fredo helped me out with that one which he didn't love it either so he was feeling that one a little bit so yeah i, I yeah. heard i'm sorry guys yeah <laughs> uh so yeah what, what what do you think josh real quick on that oh yeah just real quick i uh loved that game i Whoa. completed it oh. um i oh, will crap. probably start my second playthrough sometime soon um it feels like one of my favorite games from like the 360 era we've talked about it before vanquish <laughs> it feels like it feels like vanquish meets dark souls and i love that combination like especially if you if you go for like the quicker builds the game is you're just flying you're flying everywhere it feels so smooth and it, it's it's all action the whole whole way through it doesn't give you time to breathe i love that game yeah i will not say i did not think it was a bad game i don't think it was for me i felt like the controls i didn't feel like i had as much control as i wanted but maybe that was just my build i don't know um but yeah yeah i'm glad you liked it josh i didn't know where you were gonna stand on that yeah so. it was definitely surprising for me cool. i've never been into mix yeah but i if this is the game i mean dude like it's just like a gift maker it's one of those games it's actually a lot like vanquish or like gravity rush where you're like you could just take yeah. a, GIF, a random gif every six seconds in this game and it would look amazing every time you know <laughs> yeah um but cool uh, so that's all. That's all for me. Uh, Josh, looks like we got you covered. Uh, Colton. Yep. Uh, so other than Starfield, uh, in between my little like days where I was too stressed out to play anything, like super, that that required me to think a whole lot. Uh, me and Isaiah, we've been playing a lot with my uncle. We've been playing mm -hmm. a lot of Rocket League and Apex. We've been playing. A more more Rocket League, but there has been quite a bit of Apex as well. Uh, and dude, it just like I'm I'm like back on like a Rocket League kick. I mean, For real? you know, we're we're playing like we're playing pretty often. We're, we're playing tournaments and and uh, I'm getting you know I can feel myself getting better, and that it's just so addicting, you know, to feel that. 
I think uh, the coolest part about Rocket League is how it's like it's tangible and not in a random sense. You can talk about how kickoffs, like ball, like uh, pinches, could be like that RNG. But otherwise, I feel like this game really does feel like its most majority skill, like really, really majority skill. And with the physics, yeah, and, like, just like game, with how with how precise everything is, you know, and yeah. like it, it's so different. Like when you're playing in a like in a team of three, and you're not playing with random people. And you can be like, all right, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stay back, I'll stay back. Oh, you missed a okay. goal. Oh, but then you can go like, all right, I'm gonna chase it. You, you stay back. You know, you, you go real quick. And it's you know, so you fun. can like, it's like if you're playing with a good team, you're basically you like you have to be talking 24 seven, you know. And it just it it feels so much better when you know like what everyone else is doing, and you feel more like oh, you feel more comfortable going, you know, trying to make a goal if you know that your one of your teammates is actually gonna go back to your goal in case you know something doesn't go your way and, and you need a goalie, you know, at the last second. So that way you feel more comfortable trying to go score a goal, you know, and it, I don't know. It's just something about it. And then Apex is Apex. I mean, I've, uh, I know, it, uh, us three have been playing it a lot, but sometimes it's a camp. So it's just me and my uncle, but so, you know, we'll just rock duos for an hour, an hour and a half. And I don't know. Apex is still, I think a phenomenal multiplayer game. Uh, FYI to anyone out there, they fixed the Titanfall 2 servers. On yeah. PC, oh, yeah. I, think. But I don't know on consoles, but oh my God. Oh. If they fixed the console version, I I will I will come back. I will come back. Yeah. It, great. That is like, yeah, that is like the biggest tragedy of the last decade is that uh, Titanfall was never, that it just never got its chance in the sun. It's just like people started paying attention after Apex, and of course, they weren't going to go back to Titanfall after that. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, Isaiah, you got a few things on there. Let's talk about humanity. So I love Tetris Effect. When Troy showed his game, it was a marvel of graphic fidelity and also just sound design. That's like the real meat of the game. Yes, it's Tetris. Yes, it's that classic puzzle like from the Game Boy Advance NES era, like Game Boy Advance Game Boy uh, of gaming. And I just it's addicting. Right. But that immersion was what sold me on it humanity brings in the puzzle to a whole new like light of traffic management you have humanity humans you basically direct them in directions to get to the end goal while collecting uh uh let's say let's call them goldies they're like the bonus like hey if you get this goldie you get an award or you get like a cosmetic or just like, you know, for the completion is like worth of it. It's it's so simple as just get one point to the second point and you're done. But the way they do it is they give you rules to work by. Sometimes walls are scalable. Sometimes you're giving not just a turn, but a jump. So everywhere, every direction these people go, you direct it. They don't just, oh, I'm going to go here now. You have to direct them. You are the conductor of this game. And it's so fun. You get a, you get a turn. You get a jump. You get a long jump. You get a high jump. You got cloud. If you put a cloud before a jump, they get more air to their jump. So they go higher and they last longer in the air. And it's like you can make these like like super like like complex uh, like trafficking like areas. And it's it becomes like really dense of like a level. And like the space you use, sometimes you get to use the most of it to make make it work. 
and it's super cool. I was I want to try it in VR. I haven't yet. Oh, it's on VR. Yeah, you're right. I see it now. The little icon. VR too. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, I I recommend it. It's on PS Plus uh, Extra. I'm enjoying it, and I think for puzzle people who like managing traffic, you should try it. And uh, I have my last thing. Uh, November of last year, I played Sonic Frontiers. I actually really liked it. Uh, I, I kind of overrated by the game of the year. I think I'm a little less um, hot on it. But with this DLC and with everyone talking about it on Twitter, I have to say it is one hell of a challenge. But the characters that they added, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, and this entire new story they made and entirely new courses to like the last island is so fun. I'm I'm actually having a really fun time with each character having their kind of own unique feel. There's its problem. It has its own share of problems. I'm not going to get into. I'm sharing for the game of the year like discussion. But just know like this game um, was still like pretty high for me back then. But with this DLC, I'm confident when I come out of it, I'm be like, that was so much fun. This is almost like how how great and how much of a victory lap it felt to play Kingdom Hearts Remind DLC. Like these two have very similar like structures, how they're going about like DLC and I'm loving it. Um, not completely, but like for like this game, but like I'm really enjoying it. I will update you, you on that later. Do you remember when uh, where, where Sonic Frontiers was on your list? I don't yeah, remember. it was three. I think it was three, three okay. or four. OK. For you, that didn't seem that I, I didn't think I didn't feel like you overrated it at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. At least you didn't I just put it I want to make sure <laughs> I want to make sure I I. I yeah go back and retcon something I say, which is not taking the quote from um, Blessing Adiyoti. I just want to say like that game really realistically is a seven, but I really enjoy that game enough to where I was like, you know what? I think it deserves to go on my list. I think it deserves that kind of like acknowledgement that as a Sonic fan, I love this game and the DLC. I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to do the Walter White quote and say, I liked it. I was good at it. <laughs> very good. Wow. Very good. All right, guys. Well, they, we we got it. We we went through our list, our like last two months of games, which weirdly enough wasn't as much as I thought. <laughs> so I'm glad we were all in the same position. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes. I just had a whole. Oh. Okay, I got plenty more. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Well, well. Josh can have his like own sad I'll side my, yeah, I'll have podcast. Side podcast. Just yeah. me talking to computer. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, we, our next segment will be our most fun sequel. So we will be right back. When I was a kid, I fell in love with the most sadistic platformers known to man. Spelunky. Oh, my God. And Super Meat Boy. I knew they're my you, I knew favorite. You were Super Meat Boy. They're my favorite games as a kid, and I loved every minute of crying, bashing my head in, and sometimes sleeping through every moment I could. I got a sequel for both of those games. For Super Meat Boy, I was not happy with. It was a <laughs> weird, like mobile game take on the Auto um, Runner, right? Yeah, Auto Runner uh, yeah. on like a the most like slippery, like greasy, like platformer with saw blades. Like, how do we go from this to this? Disappointment. Splunky 2 came by and I was excited. And when I finally got my hands on it after a year delay, I was a little let down and overwhelmed with how 
just difficult and like crazy it is. And while I appreciate the scope it, it gave me, I never got around to finishing it. But one game I want to come back and bring it to the light of day and have everyone play again is Towerfall Ascension. This game mm. means so much to me. It's a good I, one. I love Towerfall for its like friendly user, like a uh, like multiplayer like concept of it's a Pac-Man level design with bows and arrows. And the biggest advancing you could do is boost into a, an arrow and catch it. My God, did I love this game as a kid. And when Troy showed it to me, like Victoria, Colton, and Josh, like it became an instant classic for me. I love Alec Coloca's like soundtrack for this game. He also did the soundtrack for Nine in the Woods. It sticks out and it becomes like its own like a uh, kind of iconic like soundtrack that I would love to share and like listen to again if he ever came back for like a sequel. And like again, like just like the little design, bring back like a or bring in online multiplayer and how to be cross platform and like have it on all platforms, like and bring me like a homebrew, like you can create your own level in the game without having to do a Steam Workshop where it's only exclusive to PC. Like they can do a few little new things with the sequel that I feel like will be just enough for me to buy it again. I would love. I swear to God, I would love to have a sequel for this game. Yeah, that's Absolutely. a good idea. I, I, I didn't think about like multiplayer, like multiplayer games as like an option. Yeah, because like every time I bring, him, bring uh, someone to Towerfall, they're like, hey, this is actually a lot of fun. And I'm like, right? <laughs> so a sequel will be great. Yeah, the sparkle in their eye when they catch their first arrow. Oh. Yes. Yes, yes. Also, you you talked about the music. The, my favorite thing about Towerfall is how how much louder that game is than every yes. other game. So, like in a party oh, scenario, so you start it and you're like, "Oh, turn down the TV." Boom, I don't know why. I don't know why it's like twenty decibels higher than every other game you've ever played. It's I very know. impressive. Um, but yes, uh, all right, yeah, Towerfall too. That's a great choice, Isaiah. I wouldn't have thought of that, but I would be, I'd be pumped. Oh my god uh all right josh what what you got oh is it my turn already it is unless you don't want it (laughs) no i get this i mine's very obvious um i just want to see i don't want to can i try to guess yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, go for it I mean, it's clearly going to be Bloodborne 2 right it's Bloodborne 2 oh (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It'll never happen, but I really want one. It's the it's my favorite game. Like not just the best Souls game, it's the best game ever made. Just give me another one. And I don't care about the frame rate. Keep it 30. Make it 20. I don't care. Just wait, give me what are you saying, Josh? Two. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. I st- you're you I know you're uh, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're saying. I totally agree with you. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> are listening, okay? <laughs> don't tell them that's okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> God, uh, yes, I. It should be the like the most obvious sequel in the world, right? I, right. Yeah. I just like it. It's so confusing to me. Uh, it if they just want like an instant another Elden Ring ten million seller, boom. <laughs> so what need. is stopping them? I don't understand. I I, I feel like it's just got to be their partnership with um, Bonnie and Amco. Yeah, 
Or Sony's being weird about it too. But I, I can't Maybe. imagine there's a world where Sony doesn't want a Bloodborne 2 on a PlayStation 5. Like Especially after Elden Ring. Oh yeah, yeah. They, oh yeah. They would be they'd be pumped. Like, Which they're definitely making Elden Ring 2 already. So like would they even would they ever yeah. like fit? They're making DLC, but I'm okay, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they're doing something. They're a weird company. You would think other companies you'd be like, oh, of course they're going straight to a sequel because it sold so well, but from software is a weird company, you know. They yeah. didn't need to make a, another armored core game or Sakura. Mm-hmm. They did though. You know? But they did. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Bloodborne Two. That's that. Yeah, that's a good, good pick. Good pick. Uh, Colton. Uh, so when I was trying to think of uh, of games, the first one I thought I, w- I was trying to think of things I played last year, and uh, and a game that like the first one that I thought of that I that I think was the biggest surprise for me w- that I really enjoyed that I didn't really know how I was gonna feel about was Tunic. I oh, I want to play I want to play another Tunic like game. I just but really I just I want to play another game that that made me feel the same way I felt about that game just with a better like last ten percent of the game. And like yeah. because I really. It really still bugs me to this day, like how turned off I was on the ending of that game with how much I enjoyed the first 95% of it. Like it, it, it really rubs me the wrong way. So I like, I, I really want them to like try again. Redemption. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I really, I really enjoyed that game. That game was so, it was surprising to me how much I was enjoying like every second of that game yeah and thing is he it took that it was like a pretty small team and it took them like eight years to make yeah so yeah. hopefully yeah. hopefully they they've gotten whatever you know if they do make a sequel it's a little smoother for them because yeah. yeah that was a cool game all right uh tunic 2 very nice very nice okay so mine any guesses uh, I, I don't think you'll guess this one I don't know. maybe maybe Sukun in three uh uh, actually, there is a Sukuden 3, 4, and 5 already, but... Wait, yeah. really? What? Yep. <laughs> um, wow, I uh, but that's for another time. I'm behind. My game is... I I don't... This should be obvious. It's like Bloodborne 2 to me. So I want the next Nier game. I want Nier oh! 3. I want Nier 3. Uh, and it's weird because they've literally made crossovers with every game in existence since your automata has come out uh the anime <laughs> just came out it's great uh um, guys they remade the original near which was a game that sold nothing but had such a strong cult following that it made a sequel which made it one of the most like important ips for square enix it's kind of a crazy story um but yeah no uh the fact that they didn't like lock yoko taro in a room uh, to make a, a straight up new near game by this point is crazy to me and shows me how I don't know what Square Enix Square Enix just doesn't know what they're doing. You think they'll just make part. another Dragon Guard game on some weird <laughs> handheld device? Maybe, some, maybe a mobile games. He's too busy making mobile games. They're yeah, so it's, it's 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 such a shame because near um uh so yes and and FYI uh you know Isaiah was saying earlier Sea of Stars uh Near is on PlayStation Extra the first the remake of the first one and that is the that is my favorite story in a game of all time wow. that's right best story uh all-star cast Laura Bailey the entire crew it's it's yeah 
uh play near play the original near uh it's very good yeah um but yes yeah near three and let me just write this on the dock because there you go. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Um, he did the stupid like uh, like a lot of numbers. Yeah, that <laughs> the version like point four six five seven like you know like that that yeah. stupid stuff. Your tree point four. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for covering me on that first bit. All right. Cool. You're welcome. So yes, the next near. Yeah, that's what I'd like. Uh, Isaiah, where we're just doing two sequels. So Isaiah, this is your your last speak now speak into existence to be honest there's not many games i really want a sequel of because they're already coming out like the next Sonic game yada 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 however i do think gears for breakfast can cook again i loved my time with the mario inspired hat and time video game for the playstation 4 i loved it and i 100 it and i would do it again if i had the time to but the sequel for this game with that level of polish for like a platform that's like super charming colorful and like uh just fun simple but fun like gameplay i i would love to see that happen again of course they have the dlc i haven't had time to play the dlc but i think this game would be really cool if it got like a sequel agreed at agreed. time two at time two all right that's a good one Isaiah. Wow. i still need to play that game like that's in a general. Game. i know i need to i need you all right uh josh what you got? Oh man, I'm really torn. Um, Ooh, oh, I get who I want to say, but <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go with Minecraft. Oh, that's a that's a okay. wait, 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 Minecraft. <laughs> okay, um, it's really simple. Okay. I don't like Minecraft anymore. Okay. <laughs> Boo. I think Minecraft used to be really good, and then they were bought, <laughs> and they made the game much worse by adding way too much, and a lot of the like menus and stuff got confusing. I want menus to suck. Yeah, I want them to start over, <laughs> basically. You, you may want them to do like a Warcraft classic, where it's just like Minecraft classic. It's funny you bring that up. Java. My my second choice was gonna be World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, I just want, I think games that are just a little too long in the tooth, they, they they need a refresh. And Minecraft is one of those for me where I'm just like your your shop never works. The menus are just awful and there's weird there's still that weird glitch in where where you're like you're mining but it doesn't show you you're mining. Yeah, the how block, is that like, still a glitch? <laughs> it's been there for like a decade. I know. <laughs> Fix it. Minecraft Use 2. that money, Microsoft. Minecraft 2. Okay. That's like unironic okay. too. I like that. That's cool. Thank you. That, I wouldn't have ever guessed that one. That's a good one. All right, Colton, what you got? I mean, I'm also torn uh, like Josh is, but I guess I'm just going to go off uh, my gut, and I really want Control 2. Oh. I really very much enjoyed my time with Control. And, yes. uh, and, and I just, I, I, I want another game where, like, I'm trapped in a government building the whole time there was something about that that just felt so like i wouldn't play anything like that you want the second one to also just be you trapped in that building dude i'm not i'm i oh, actually watch so i like it funny but honestly uh, I'm not like you know but like still like oh like i'm let me go to the, the like, let me, i'm gonna go to, i'm gonna go to the accounting department and like all of a sudden you know like stuff is floating around yeah, you know but okay. but it's still like you know it's got like that theme 
The, I think I the, the, this time the ability in that game is the best. Sorry. I don't know, dude. Once you get the floating ability and stuff, like that stuff no, feels no. pretty good. Yeah, no, I said it is the best. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I think the, the shooting could get tightened up, like take a, yeah. a, a yeah. Gears of War okay. class or something, but uh, everything else about that game is, ooh, I love I've been control. I've been contemplating replaying it recently. Yeah. So. I remember specifically trying to convince you guys to play it for like a year after it came out. I know, I know. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't buy it at the game. time. <laughs> I couldn't buy it at the time. And then it came to PlayStation Plus, and I was like, perfect. Yeah, perfect. This is my... Uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, Control 2, for sure. I, I'm hoping that'll happen. Also, uh, one of the games I will be playing by the end of this year is Alan Wake 2, so I will be playing that. Yeah. That studio's no. next game is coming out next month. True. So The f- first one's so boring. It, it's of its time, for sure. It's hard to go back <laughs> I, to. I, I'm going to go you back can, to it, for sure, though. Do, do, do a little YouTube. You know what? Just do like a little YouTube, what happened in the story thing, and play yeah. probably play Alan Wake 2. I like the <laughs> Alan Wake stuff in Control. Yeah, yeah, the DLC yeah. stuff was kind of cool. It's cool. Uh, oh yeah, I, Alan Wake, and they're doing all that same stuff where they're using like real life, like actors that are being blended into the game, and uh, yeah, like the. I I'm just gonna gush on Control too. It's fine. I'm gotta move on. <laughs> Every time the board comes in with that creepy voice, it's so good. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I'm torn between two as well. I like how we actually could have done three, but for brevity yeah. sake, like, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to choose... Oh, gosh. Okay. I will let you know my third after I do this one, just so you know. And it's funny because it was mentioned on this podcast already. Uh, do you guys? Can you guys guess it? And guess what Vanquish. it was? Someone did mention this game. Yep. Yep. I want oh, Vanquish 2. I, I want it. Vanquish 2 <laughs> real bad. Uh, what makes Vanquish 1 so amazing is it came out in an era where everything was a cover shooter and it was just kind of a joke like, oh yeah, third person cover shooter, whatever. And this game came out and you can play it like a cover shooter. Like it, the system, the cover system works. You can do that or you can totally ignore that entire system and it's almost there as a kind of like in joke. And you just boost around, you kick people in air, you like matrix slow motion, shoot upside down in the air, and there's crazy anime punching going on. It fake which is awesome. <laughs> it's short. It actually looks really incredible to this day. Uh like I don't know if it's just the art design or like the motion blur, but they have a really good train sequence. I love a good train sequence in games. But so yeah, fake which too. Right as a I don't know if Kamiya had anything to do with Vanquish. Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe. But right as he's leaving Platinum, I'm asking for a Vanquish too. Uh, my third that I did not say was going to be a sequel to Rayman Legends and Origins. Oh, too bad you didn't say it. Darn. But now that we're getting Mario, I feel like that's going to scratch that itch. Maybe. Huh. Well, hopefully it does. Hopefully. Yeah. Or the yeah. Prin- Prince of Persia game. Isn't that by oh, the same people? That thing was good. Uh, I don't know about that. If it is, that's not surprising because that game looks rad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would have said that, but that Mario game is giving me a lot of Rayman vibes for just the art style in general and stuff. That might, mm, I feel like that's going to scratch my itch. You don't want to know where that itch is. So yeah, that's oh, that's our sequels. Honestly, if... Okay, so take this list, right? Put yourself in a scenario where like... I'd it actually it would work if Sony was like, hey, we're have a PlayStation Direct 
in every single one of these. <laughs> Actually, Minecraft oh 2 won't God. work. Everything but Minecraft 2, they could do that. They're not allowed to. Way to go, Josh. Um, We're on the list. But could you imagine a press conference where they're like, well, are they, they they did Towerfall 2, Hat in Time 2, Bloodborne, uh, Tunic 2, Control 2, a new Nier, and a new Vanquish. That would just, that would just <laughs> be the best insane. press conference ever. <laughs> and yep. The Witness 2. That was my other one. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. Talk about something that'll never happen, but that would be <laughs> yeah. you know, fun. I, I wouldn't mind if they did another um, Hi-Fi Rush. I think that game is super fun. Okay. Oh, I think I think they will. <laughs> I think they will. Yeah, they might. It came out this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, like, like, I, I yeah. like that game enough where I'm like, oh, yeah. I want this sound design and like style again. Like, I would love all this. That game's right on the edge of being like an all-timer, but it'll something's hold it back. So a sequel might actually like I think really? that game could be, yeah. They open up the level design and everything and uh yeah. Okay, cool. Well we will talk about that game probably in game of the year, but for now, yes. that's our episode, boys. That's it. That's we did it. it. Yeah. We, we got together. So I'm hoping if you're listening to this, you will know. <laughs> Well, maybe not by the time you're hearing this, but you'll know at some point if we <laughs> manage to record an episode between now and Game of the Year. But if not, we're start, we uh, start prepping your lists. I got to start writing mine down, oh, going man. through trophy lists. Uh, but it's kind of hard when October's coming up and has like maybe three of the, my most wanted. <laughs> like If I had to pick at the end of the year, they're like Alan Wake, Mario, and Spider-Man might have been like just straight up my top three after yeah. like final fantasy so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i and i've played significantly less video games this year than i did last year so yeah it's gonna be tough for me yeah. more entertaining i have a game up my sleeve that you guys uh i don't think you guys have talked about much at all i think mm. so i think uh when i play it and like really give it a try i'm definitely pulling that out and during the game of the year it's i'm gonna give you a hint it's a pretty in-depth fighting game and it's not okay. it's not Street Fighter 6. Oh, okay. Well, Weird. Yeah, no one played yeah. Mortal Kombat. I didn't notice that. All right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I do want to play that game, by the way. That is cool. We're going to wrap up this episode. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. I'm, we're Thank glad you you're still out us. there. We will be back. I promise none of us died. Yet. Yet. We've um, all been restrained oh, wow. in chat. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, thank you for listening. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.